Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. If you treat your spouse with a selfish attitude that's kind of like withdrawing too much money from your account and expecting everything to work out just fine, uh, there will be a cost and it's going to be greater than you think at the moment. This is John Fuller. I'm joined by my colleague, Dr. Greg Smalley, and we're going to hear a conversation Jim Daly had with Dr. David Clark, who is passionate about helping marriages stay together. And uh, together, they talked about why marriages can lose their purpose over time and how you can avoid doing that. Hey, let me ask you this. You believe the breakdown in most marriages is a breakdown in communication, and we see that here at Focus. It sounds so simple. I was talking to Gene the other night, and we were talking about how many generations do we have to go through? <laughs> you know, when will we say, oh, it's communication? Because we've been talking about it for like 2,000 yeah. years. Yeah. You know, that we need to communicate better. We need to love and respect each other. Uh, why is this so hard to do if it's so obvious? You know, nobody knows how. When you're dating, and even early in marriage, you think you know how. You think you're having deep conversations. In fact, you are not because you don't know how. Every parent listening should actually sit their kids down, and there should be a crash course over the course of, of years actually teaching them how to communicate with the opposite sex. Nobody does it because you don't think to do it. Well, that'll just work out. We worked it out. They'll work it out. No, we, we need to have as part of premarital education in this country, and the church can be involved in that, very clear, I'm going to teach you how to communicate. That's what I do with my premarital couples. Wow. Think I mean, of that. Just would be huge. Yeah, huge. They think they already know. They don't know. So that air of communication, uh, the book, the 90-day program, addresses that head-on. Another one, and this, I think, is, if not equal to, maybe greater than, because it starts everything else, selfishness. I mean, I think, uh, Dr. Clark, the main reason God set it up this way, why opposites attract. I mean, he's probably smiling a bit because he's moving us toward his character, selflessness in marriage. Uh, Speak to that issue of how selfishness can destroy a marriage. Oh, boy. It works every time it's tried, and it's tried every time. And, and I, I think of my marriage specifically. I was, I have a wonderful mother, Kathleen Clark. I'm sure she's listening to this. I always give her a hard time. It's always the mom's fault. But anyway, she <laughs> yeah, was... Yeah, right. Wait a minute. I'm sticking up for <laughs> moms. Know. She was so loving and so gracious. And, and I think I was the baby. It's great to be the baby. And so I was spoiled. I come into marriage. Everything had been taken care of. And I was a great kid. Don't get me wrong. I was a great kid. And, and I really was, uh, didn't give them too except much trouble. Except you're really except messy. Slob, well, yeah. except for the slob part. That's right. But mom didn't seem to care. She just shut the door. I come into to marriage with Sandy. Oh, my goodness. The expectations. Is she and, a firstborn by chance? No, she's secondborn, but she really is more of a firstborn. She's a doer. She's a mover. She's a shaker. She tells me what to do, and I do it. <laughs> she's a rock. But I, I came in totally unprepared. I thought that if Sandy just met all of my needs, well, of course, I'd be happy. And then if I'm happy, she'd be happy. A lot of guys feel that way. Well, it was the dumbest thing in the world. So I had to really revamp. Loving her, we had some great conversations. Talk about communication. She sat me down early in marriage and said, look, I'm doing everything here, Dave. We're at Dallas Seminary. I'm doing the laundry. I'm working full time. And I'm typing your, uh, your papers late at night. I would hand them to her and say, would you type this? And I'd go to bed. Oh, my goodness. I mean, it was incredibly okay, selfish. snares, daggers are flowing right at oh, you right oh, now. Oh. My goodness, what kind of a husband was that? Terrible. Sandy said, you're out of your mind. And so I started doing the laundry, started doing the dishes when she cooked. I got a part-time job because the burden was too much on her, and I did my own dumb papers. But more than that, I had to learn how to love this beautiful blonde. I had no idea. 
And so I had to learn how to, how to talk with her, how to make time with her, how to, how to really meet her needs and have conversations that would be deep for her. Our first year was rough, 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 rough. Yes. Okay. For the men that are listening, let me ask this question. What does a deep, good conversation sound like? <laughs> I mean, we're down to one-on-one, buddy. Well, you, you literally, first, you let your wife define that. Because uh, a guy might think this was a great conversation about me fixing the car engine or whatever it might be. The or box how the Red Sox are doing. Exactly. You know what? No, I don't think so. So you let her. You see, if you've got the guts, you sit down with your wife today and you say, honey, what is a deep conversation? She'll laugh her head off. Ha, are you kidding? You've never asked that. She'll probably faint. But that she knows exactly what she wants here. And you let her know. And she'll let you know what, what she needs. Well, we would talk about a topic, and you would say this, and I would say that, and you'd ask me certain questions. She knows. Is that a good question to start with? It is. What is a deep conversation with me? What would that look like, honey? Yeah. She knows the answer. And your particular woman will be able to tell you and choreograph it, and you'll say, okay, I'm going to work on that. So it's like a training exercise. Women like have a Ph.D. in communication. So we shouldn't be shocked by the speed in that reply when you ask that question. <laughs> there will be no Hang pauses. On. Don't be upset. It was so quick because yeah. she's been wanting to answer oh, that question for a few years, maybe. She has. And that's male leadership. You need to be asking her, Ugh. what are your needs? And that's one of her key needs. Let's start working on this. She will be beyond thrilled. And then together... Yeah, I mean, she'll teach you how to communicate. She absolutely will. Well, and again, you mentioned it. Someone's going to be working to tear you apart, the enemy. And uh, he's so successful. Greg, I think one of the reasons that people identify with you is because you're pretty vulnerable and transparent about shortcomings. And God has given you some great stories. So as we listened along to David Clark, I wonder... Um, how you've struggled with selfishness and how you've identified that and kind of learned to move past it in your relationship with Aaron. Well, sometimes, well, let me say that differently. Most of the time, I'm not even aware <laughs> that I'm acting in sort of this selfish hmm. way. And Aaron very lovingly will point that out. I think for me, <laughs> honestly... We are married to women so much alike. They're, they're plain, plain speaking... Straight shooting ladies. And we love them we are, for we that. We are the better for it. What has really helped me is is Philippians 2, 3, and 4, is really listening and meditating on that verse again and again and again. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but rather in humility consider others better or above yourself. Hmm. And when you look at selfish ambition is... When I place my own self-interest above hers, I want what I want. Doesn't matter what you want. I know what I want. I want to get that. And, and really the opposite, the antidote for that is sacrifice. I love how Jesus said very clearly that love is what I did, which was to lay down my mm -hmm. life for you. That's that's what love that's is. That's the calling. And, and so, you know, yeah. sacrifice is when you, you take something that you possess, you value it, time, resources, money, whatever, and then you, you give that to your spouse. And so part of it is just recognizing we all will operate, you know, towards getting Our what we want. Our default is selfishness. It really is. Yeah. And so sacrifice can, can really help. I think the, the vain conceit, which is really pride, is when I project sort of this attitude that, that I'm always right or that I'm excessively proud of my own opinion, which I oftentimes think that I'm pretty cool. I'm, You're spot I'm really on, right. Yeah. I, I know stuff. You should listen to me. 
in in humility is that verse talks about that the opposite you know in humility value others mm. so when i'm when i'm really willing to to humble myself with sort of this attitude that you know i could be wrong here although i'm pretty sure i'm right <laughs> i could be wrong yes. i mean when 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 i choose humility over pride, boy, that goes a long way. So I, I love that verse. I mean, it's just a real simple reminder to look at the the vain conceit, to look at the selfish ambition, and, yeah. and just those will show up, and, and here's how I fight it, through sacrifice and humility. We had a situation uh, last summer where we were on a trip, and Dina had packed up the vehicle with all of our camping gear, and we had a, a, a stop before that. So then it's time to go camping, and we could not find a spot. Um, we, there Which was, is irritating. It was nothing. I yeah. mean, there was just nothing available. Um, and so we camped at a day's in. <laughs> and I said, well, I guess we'll just go home early. And she's like, I want to go camping. I, I really, really want to go camping. I want to sleep looking at the stars and wake up in the woods. And I, you know, they I really... have those stickers that you yeah. can put on the ceiling of yeah. your room. Yeah. Would and that I, I will tell you that I so desperately just thought, let's go home early, can we? <laughs> but I found myself um, prompted by God to just to do this, to let my selfishness go yeah. and to pray that he would show her a camping spot. Oh. And so she's like, can we go here and look? And I just thought, yes, but if we don't find anything, we're going home, right? <laughs> and she Good said, win-win. I think God will bring us something along. And I realized I just need to pray blessings on her. So, Lord, you know this is really important to her. Would you please give her a really nice camping spot? Hmm. And it was uh, it was a real act of my will not to be selfish, to say, yeah. listen, we're not going to find anything. Let's just go home, my way or the highway, literally. Um, and God brought a beautiful camping site. Nice. And I was so glad he did. And uh, not just for her, I enjoyed it as well. But it's a daily decision, and it's a dying to self. It's a process, and... You know, I've only been at it for 35 years. There are plenty of people who've been married 50, 60 years that are probably struggling with it. So It's always there. We want you to know there's no perfect, but you can try. And uh, here at Focus, we've got lots of resources. The, the conversation we just shared with you is designed to help you deal with your selfishness and to grow as a couple. And um, we'd like to help you further by sending a copy of David Clark's book, I Don't Want a Divorce. Uh, if you can make a generous donation of any amount today, a one-time gift or a monthly pledge, we'll say thanks by sending that book to you, which has lots of great tips to work through conflict, to rekindle the love you've had before, and to let go of selfishness. We're also going to link in the episode notes uh, to our Hope Restored Intensive Counseling Centers. These are awesome getaways, and Greg, you had a hand in founding Hope Restored. And just to watch God do miracles... About 82% of the couples that go through, they end up staying together, and God shows up in amazing ways, and I believe that he can do that for you. Well, get in touch if you have any questions about the resources or Hope Restored or if you'd like to donate. Again, all the details are in the show notes. Next time, we'll have more from Dr. David Clark. And for now, on behalf of Greg and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage podcast.